Hi, and welcome back to Rate That Album, a back-and-forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my good friend, Paul Muad'Dib. Paul, don't you ever fuck around. Don't you ever fuck around. What's my name? What's my name? You think this is a game? You think this is a game? (laughs) Coming for you. Ah. Yes, this week we are getting into the wild and woolly world of uh, uh, DMX, uh, hip-hop artists from our generation. From our generation. Yeah, uh, he came out in the late, late 90s, uh, New York rapper, uh, very uh, unique mm. vocal delivery, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think he's probably one of the first with the the gruff voice. Yeah, he if he was one of the earlier ones. He was one of the early ones because him and Mystical, I think, came out around the same time. But uh, there's, I mean, between the two, DMX just was a little cleaner, had more of a sense of beats. Mystical just kind of leaned it in that voice and didn't do a whole lot production wise, in my opinion. Yeah, but yeah, and then, and then later on you had the jaw rules and stuff, which I think DMX was hated jaw rule because he pretty yeah. much thought he just ripped off his style. Pretty much, pretty much what he did. Yeah, uh, DMX. Uh, yeah, <laughs> his wiki is long and full of. He's got a. He had a controversial life. Uh, he passed away a few years ago of a cocaine overdose. Uh, mm-hmm. He was never shy about his addictions and his demons. Uh, and for the few years he was on fire, man, he was on fucking fire. Dude, he, oh, the talent on this guy, man. Yeah, like, so I picked this album because there's all, you know, a lot of the, a lot of so, so fucking catchy, but it was a mix between this and the album before it, uh, it's dark and hell is hot because that one's fucking phenomenal too. But mm-hmm. I went with this one because, frankly, "Party Up" is the the song I I pop in it, you know, to kick things up a notch and it usually gets me in trouble. Paul, <laughs> I'm at a party and I pop in DMX and it usually means something dark's about to happen. <laughs> Shit's about to go real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck I. I was at a wedding last year and it popped the DJ popped it on. I fucking lost my mind. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. His DMX would have wanted me to. <laughs> he would have wanted you to. It, as was his want, sir. As was <laughs> his want. <laughs> yeah, so, and let's not forget too, DMX got on the because I know about it because I watch shitty movies. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> he did a movie with our he did punching bag, Steven Seagal. <laughs> he sure the fuck did, sir. <laughs> and you know what I found of all those videos? I don't remember anything of DMX's experience. Do you think it's because he was more of the real deal of like this guy could probably actually have Seagal fucking hurt <laughs> that he might have just shied away from pissing off DMX? God, there was. I watched another fucking interview, and there was this guy, this this big um martial artist um stuntman kind of thing and um he was told when when steven seagal came on set like don't do this and 
um, oh, Stephen, uh, and he, it was, it was, don't tell him, you know, martial arts. And so he called, you know, Steven Seagal master and he goes, and Steven Seagal kind of picked up and went, Oh, do you know, martial arts? And he's like, yeah, I know X, Y, Z. And like, I guess that was like the cue for Steven Seagal to put someone in his place. And Steven Seagal looked at the dude realized he couldn't he said we're changing the scene um we're gonna talk and we're not gonna fight <laughs> like steven didn't want to like fight this guy because he thought in real life he could take him so maybe i mean that that seems to be seagal's thing like he can't separate reality from fantasy when he's making a movie so if he thinks someone can beat him up he kind of changes scenes so yeah i think so <laughs> well, i don't even know if you thought just dmx but I mean, you listen to some of this shit, like, you know, if he's following going by DMX's persona, crazy beats tough every time, and DMX falls in that crazy territory. He does. Yes. He absolutely does. I mean, again, you look at this guy's criminal legal history, DMX is the real fucking deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is interesting guy um again you know he didn't hide his demons uh, his addictions and oddly his deep faith <laughs> which comes as a spoken word part on this album right uh it just shows that me you know this is like when like you know we we're talking last time about cupcake <laughs> like <laughs> which objectively is the name of that artist paul it's objectively, objectively there's no there's no hidden agenda when i say cupcake <laughs> subjectively it's her a, stage name paul it's her name cupcake with a capital k but like there seems to be like uh, with like dmx it feels like there's more depth more layers and that might even come with age because you know he was a little older i, I think he's probably 29 when this album came out more than 70 yeah, he was born in 70. I think this came out in 99. Yeah, so he'd been about 29. Yeah, about 29, 30. Yeah. yeah, so he has a little more world weariness on him. And it, it shows on it. Again, I I said cupcake because there's there's no hidden agenda, Paul. Objectively, that's her. <laughs> you know, just uh, covering my bases here. Hey, I, per I protected you really well, I think, in that podcast both of us I, I say both of us there's a lot of i don't think i've ever bleeped out any of our podcasts as much as that one yeah yeah you're going crazy on me paul and uh, fuck anyway so paul let's talk about and then there was x uh this kid man do you remember this album when we we're in high school i don't i remember like hearing this all the time like you're like I'm seeing it one like best rap album at the Grammys in 2001. So like, it feels like I heard this more when we were bar age and we'd be at bars. I don't remember a lot of my friends listening to this. I, I so if I remember correctly, I think I heard it at prom. Um, like, like the up in here. Cause that, that was big, but, that people just listened to the sing like nobody owned it um uh, people just knew the song and that was enough but i when you think about where we were like this is an album that probably a lot of people <laughs> i feel like 
We had enough people who owned it. It's, it's five times platinum. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, I think a lot of people in our middle white, I mean, middle white bread Midwestern town that it was, I think this was too raw for people. So I think they, they, they clinged onto the banger. Oh, DMX is cool, but that was about it. And then as we grew up and got to larger social circles, we knew people who owned it and, and that type of thing. That's the way I look at it. Because I don't know anyone in high school that owned it. Mm-mm. Yeah, my uh, roommate, when I first moved out of my parents' house, he had it. And I oh. Heard that. Uh, but, I, you know. I take that back. Mojo, who I've brought up several times in throughout the pot, years of this podcast, my buddy Mojo, he did own it. I know that for a fact. He did own it. He was always, though, on top of things. Like, he was he was DJing for KVSC before he was even in college. So he was always on top of, like, music and shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's dig into this, Paul. We got, about how many, uh, we got quite a few tracks to go over, about 18. Yeah. With uh, two skits. Three. Three skits. Yeah, Three we got skits. the intro, and then... Yeah, we'll get in. Let's just get into it. Let's get into and then there was X. Uh, and we were talking a little bit before the start. It's like I had forgotten how fucking catchy this album is, Paul. And my God, and his for him to be doing like these hooks. And this is something I'm going to bring up because I miss like big hooks and hip hop. Mm-hmm. I mean, like these are like big hooks, and he's like singing it sometimes, and he's got like such like a gruff voice that in theory it'd be like. It's kind of like Tom Waitsy-ish. Yes. It's a, you know, like a little more testosterone. But, yeah, it's it's wild because he sings like these hooks, and you just don't expect that when you hear his voice. And here's the, I mean, yeah, I miss the hooks. But when you look at even great hip-hop now, like, it's, it's the hooks, right? I mean, yeah, mumble, I mean... A lot of people don't even like mumble rap that like mumble rap. Like it's I it's ironic. Um and that type of thing. Um but my God, the production on this, the hooks, the fact that he was involved in every single song. There this is stellar. And I'm surprised more people haven't gone back to this well now that's 20, 30 years later. Um and um, grab some of the stuff for their beats, like straight up. Yeah. And full, like I went back to it after he passed away. I went and did a, a dive on his albums again, because I hadn't heard them in so long. Like, I just never thought about listening to DMX. It just never crossed my mind. And like, holy shit, he was like really fucking good. <laughs> And then, like, he just, you know, I know he was still working till he died, but, like, he had this window, like, in the late 90s into, like, maybe the mid-2000s where he was just, just fucking killing it. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He, I mean, there's a reason why Deadpool used fucking DMX, man. <laughs> I mean, this guy, there is an undeniable vocal to him and a flow and and the presence yes and he is one of those few people that recognizes it 
and leans into it. And it is phenomenal. Yeah. And he's got so many. So let's get it. I'm going to skip over the kennel because it's just. It's just an intro. It's like the Motley Crew thing we talked about, like where they just kind of like have this these intros. Don't do much for me. Did it do much for you, Paul? I, I will admit, I like skits and I miss skits in albums and stuff. Like um, a Sublime Robin the Hood was one of the first albums I remember that had skits. And I absolutely fell in love with them. And then I'm like, there are certain things where I'm like, when I see a skit, I get excited about it. Um, I like it because it's a way to set a tone for an album or break it up. And I will, when we get to one of the skits, I will say I, I didn't appreciate it because I didn't feel like it should have been used the way it should have. But, you know, when you have him kind of screaming with his voice and, you know, bringing out the dog and it's the kennel, and then he goes right into one more road to cross, it fucking works. And it's yeah. better than fucking whatever was that crew that yeah. just had that nothing. Uh, oh, no, it's I feel like they're both the same ball. Like, I don't really care for like intros and I hate skits. I can't stand them. Like there's one on here I feel works because it pretty much leads into the next song and it kind of sets it up, mm-hmm. which I'm OK with. But other than that, I fucking hate them. I can't like save the skits for your for the Adam Sandlers of the world to put on his albums. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> You're not funny. You're not a comedian. This isn't a concept album. Just fucking let it go. <laughs> well, and that's fair. Um, again, I think, honestly, it, it's it's almost like an homage to Michael Jackson. Uh, I think uh, you can really tribute back to that and the way he did his music videos and how he almost everything he did really told a fucking story and had an intro skit and then the song and then an outro. So I said stories, Paul, them little kids in Neverland. Oh, Oh. topical. Topical. Hot take, hot take, Joe. Hot take. That's a Joe hot take. That's a Joe hot take. Get a hot man. Gotta get in a hot tub. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What? What? James Brown hot tub. Um, yeah, but again, it it works. Uh, I think for me, it works because again, it does kind of go. You get him getting the voice, and then, like I said, just that opening of one Mark wrote, wrote the cross. That is a badass beat. I mean, that's that's a way to start. Really, truly start an album is just with that track. It's so good. It's yeah, so fun. One more road to cross, and it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> this is. And again, it, it it's catchy as the hook is fucking catchy. Mm-hmm. And he's got like he's got a he's got a sense of humor. Yeah. And like he has this line I love, and like it may like I kind of want to just say it. You know, I obviously I can't say it at work, but I kind of want to. And it's I need this dough. The fuck you think I'm here for my health? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lyrics, man. He could write lyrics, couldn't he? Yeah, um, these are like, you know, they're dark and like a lot of it's like, you know, crime related and shit. But like there's elements to it where it's like he's not glamorizing it because it, no. it's not really showing it in a, a great light. Yeah, no. Um, make sure you're getting by. Don't fuck with you getting mine. Ain't the first time he ran off. Should have spit his shit. Then I hate to think of what he's did. And if I catch him slipping, won't be an ass whipping. I can tell you that I kept it real with this cat. He go and sell two packs run. I mean, yeah, he's fucking telling it for the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so and this is just a, this, I don't know. I'm, I'll check it. This should have been a single. <laughs> like, it absolutely should have, should have like, been. Like there's so many songs on here that, I mean, fuck, it's just, it's like Huey Lewis again, man. It's fucking like, sometimes at parts of this album is like banger after banger after banger. And I'm just yeah. like, Jesus Christ, man, settle down. Yeah. No, I complete. I was doing the same thing with my notes. I was just like, okay, banger on to the next banger. Yeah. Like, what can I critique here? Fucking banger. Let's go. Um, yeah. Then we get to the professional. Now I've always rated an album and I know it's super weird by the third track. If the third track is a good track, typically the album is good. And I can't explain that correlation and causation. I'll tell you um, what it is, Paul. It's called OCD. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get some help for that. More you know. Um, yeah, no. Um, it's just something I, I've noticed. It, it, it's it, it, I, I saw it with like, Radiohead, Pink Floyd, uh, there's just so many of uh, the Beatles. If the third track is a, is a, is is a is a good track, you can rely on the album being good. Um and this is Are there great... exceptions to this if you found Paul. I am um, curious now. There are I don't have prime I mean any um I think actually Steven Seagal is a prime example cuz I remember the third song was the best song on well, the I album. I mean that's just a that's a terrible album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, no. I mean examples of a good album where the third song kind of sucks. Oh, yes. Um some uh Beck Beck uh has done that. Um He's notoriously bad for his third songs. I wouldn't say he's notoriously bad. I, because, yeah, oh. he's just terrible. That third song he just shits the bed every time. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyways, um, I love the tonal shift. Um, I love the fact that it's getting into, um, it's kind of altering the mood of the album already. It, 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 it's not a concept album, but it definitely, the sequencing like and the it, flow. It yeah, Joe. It does definitely feel like a concept album at times. And we'll get to that when we talk about Shorty, who keeps fucking things up. <laughs> but uh, The Professional, I like, because it's it's just basically a song of I, my interpretation a hired killer. Mm-hmm. Like oh, this yeah. is kind of like you know a dirty deeds. Like this is yeah. like hip hop's version of dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Fuck yeah, it is. And Fuck it's yeah, fucking it is. great. I fucking pop, love pop, it. pop, 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 pop. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. Yeah, yeah. It, there's some. There, there, there's just. And this is the thing. Like when you have going back to cupcake objectively. That's just a objectively, name. Objectively, her stage name is Cupcake Ball. Yes. And we're not coming in. Audience, we don't have any hidden agenda saying the word Cupcake. None at all. None at all. When you looked at some of the flow she was given and some of the beats she was giving, it was working. But where wasn't it working? It was the lyrics. When you're doing hip hop, you need those three to run on, on all three cylinders. It is if one is not working, it typically is a total fail. Um, you know, there are some other bands, that type of thing. You know, when you get into other genres of music where they have their own pillars. But really with hip hop, that's the three you have have to fucking have and when you see something like dmx where you have the lyrics you have the flow you have the beat 
fuck, this is great. I mean, it's going to be that cat you don't see that's going to pop you, stop you in your motherfucking tracks and drop you. Get rid of all the clothes, dump the gun. I hate to be the type to leave you slumped and run, but I'm on the job right now. And there's more that needs to be done. Fucking A, man. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's dirty D's done dirt cheap. Fucking A. Yeah, and it's fucking good. Yeah. Like, in going back objectively to <laughs> again, objectively like, objectively you know she has like the skill and stuff but she also didn't have like her voice just didn't have enough character and like that's we have i've talked about that before with hip-hop like for me the, the artists that usually stand out is if there's something unique about their voice because otherwise i feel like it gets lost in the well, sea because there's so many rappers like if if your voice doesn't have uh, character to me of some sort or something to make it distinctive. Like it's hard for me to care. I, I struggle because there tends to be, and I think this is a marketing thing. You usually have a pioneer vocally and then out of the woodwork comes the clones. Um, and you start to get to the point of, I don't know, which female artist this was or like the whole post grunge thing, which fucking band was that again? Um, and when you, again, with hip hop, especially your personality is on stage, like with like rock bands and things like that, you can get away with certain things that I think you can't get away with hip hop because you usually have either a strong vocalist or God, you got that great guitarist or oh my God, that drumming, there's something in there. But typically with hip hop, it's you and the beats. It's you and the production team and you have to sell you. And if you there are a million of you. I mean, just like any other bands, there's a million bands. It's the ones that can really stand out that make it in that sea of generic. And again, what Cupcake objectively, saying her name objectively here, leaned into was the was the four, only four, of the sexually explicit songs. But the rest of it, I don't, Joe, it's been a week. I don't remember any of it. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember the one song. Yeah, that's what I mean. But that's one of we the had four. to bleep that out. So yeah, I'm not, yeah, not going to say it again. I'm not going to say the name objectively. Um, but that's one of the four songs, though, that that entire album relied on to be a standout. And it wasn't really her. It wasn't the way she was delivering it. It was just what she was saying and how she was saying it. So yeah, I mean. I think that has a lot to do with it. And again, getting into this next one, fame again, he knows how to lean into that charismatic persona. He has that he can put through in the, in his voice. And it is stellar. Yeah. And kind of to piggyback, like I remember my dad's cause like when I first start was trying to learn guitar, he's like, well, you know, for a band to succeed, you have to have a good singer because you can be the greatest guitarist in the world. If your singer sucks, nobody's going to know who you are. And that's pretty true 99% of the time. I would say 99% of the time. There's, there's it's been not exceptions. always true, but nope. like, 
you got to have something to grab people. And now we're going to fame. Uh, yeah, this again, the hook is so fucking catchy. It's so fucking good. And he's like, you know, I mean, he's going to live forever. He's never going to die, Paul. He's he's like the Highlander. <laughs> that was a documentary filmed in real time, sir. Yeah, about, about DMX. <laughs> About <laughs> he never got a plate on time, but he grow. Um, yeah, it's so good. The hook is great. The beat's great. Um, again, what I love to so far, and we will get into it, what he's staying away from a lot of my vo- uh, lyrical critiques, which is repeating the same thing over and over. Now, he will cross that line we know he will but what's great is where you can see a lot of the town is he's telling these stories in with this hook and it is just fun i mean i i gotta i gotta i imagine when i'm listening to some of these songs like they were just blowing up in the fucking production room like when these things were coming out being like yeah we know we got fucking something here you just know with these ones absolutely yeah um yeah i mean Nature of music is repetition, Paul, so I'm a little more forgiving on the lyrics repeating. You are. You're more forgiving on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, objectively, that's how a song works, is a lot of repeating. <laughs> objectively. I have no hidden agenda there, Paul. God damn you, Joe. It's fucking Christ. You all right there, Paul? I'm all right here, fucky. Let's, let's calm down, Paul. We have, <laughs> we have a lot to learn now, Paul. <laughs> we, got, we got 15 more tracks to go, bitches. Um, yeah, a lot to learn. Uh, sets up the the downfall of poor Shorty. Poor Shorty. Shorty rest in peace. It's <laughs> uh, basically, this is just, it's called a skit. Like, I yep. don't, it's just him smoking a blunt with, like, this jackass. Yep. And we find out going into Here We Go Again, which again has another catchy hook. Oh, so this good. is probably one of my this is probably my favorite song on the album just because it's it has a lot going on and it's a story song mm-hmm. and a lot of conflicting emotions. Yeah, yeah. Um it definitely it's up there it's up there there's another one coming later that um i really enjoy but what i have written here in my notes is it's again the flow and the flow and the flow is fantastic and it slows down with that last skit again giving it that concept album feel of okay here's a change in the album we're gonna go places um it doesn't stay that way but it still gave it that vibe, and I was just like, I am in on that. Um, I tried to kick, I kicked it to Shorty, tried to help him understand, hit him with work, because, yo, that's my that's my little man. He asked a few questions about the game, and I told him. So when he made a bad move, it was my place to scold him. Yeah. And so, you know, the game, you know, it's, it's that the fucking life, you know, making money. It's a business. Uh, and Shorty's fucking up. And it's pissing DMX off. And it's so like, you know, I've been, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Sopranos. So this kind of made me think because, you know, they very much similar. Like this is, this, you know, gangs in general. And they have their unwritten rules. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And you, there's lines you don't cross. Shorty's crossing it, and he's he breaks the unbroken rule by letting Shorty live at one point because he loves him. Because he loves him, but he, but he acknowledges he's fucking up when he's doing that because it's fucking up the business. It's the game. He's got to yeah, be. It's it's intense. It is intense. He's like, he didn't want to. He wants to kill him. He knows like eventually he's going to have to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. It. Um, it reminds me like he's the Joe Pesci or like the shield. This, I, for some reason, when I was listening to this images of the shield, um, that TV show, uh, was popping into my head, um, for some reason. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a damn good fucking song. Dude. Oh my God. It's, and it's such, you know, it's tragic. It's, it, it is. It's, and like, you know, this could have been like, I glorified, like this guy's fucked up. So I'm just going to kill like, this is like, man, this is. I fucking love this guy. <laughs> I can't just kill him. Yep. Because you know, you know, it's, he's just got to learn. But Shorty ain't learning, Paul. Shorty's not learning. Shorty's he goes to the op- he goes to the rivals and starting yeah. shit. Hmm. Here's how we play Shorty. According to that gun blast I hear at the end of the song. <laughs> right. Right. What you did was stupid, real fucking stupid. Well, Shorty, I gave you a chance, and what you do, you threw it in my fucking face, so fuck you, too. Yeah, confused my, uh, what was it, like, confused his niceness for a weakness and shit mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah, There's yeah, so yeah. many levels, and it's also kind of touching on, the, I hate to be like, you know, the New Yorker and talk about toxic masculinity, but it's dealing with some of that shit in here, too. It, it is, it is. It is absolutely, which um, is the level I was not assuming to be hitting on a DMX album. Paul, there's so many levels in this song, and I think that's why I love it because there's so many. I think that's why I like that other song on, on the Cupcake album because it's like conflicting emotions. I like more because mm-hmm. the world's not black and white, and we all have contradictions and internal yeah. struggles and shit like that. So like this song kind of represents that kind of shit. And I love it when it's portrayed this well. And mm-hmm. again, with a fucking hook, that's <laughs> so good. Here it's... we go again. Same old shit dog, different day. I, I, I will say I'm with you on that because, you know, I, I see a lot of like black and white mentality and I'm like, how the fuck do you live that way? I, I live in the gray every yeah. fucking day. I there's live in nuances, the nuances. There's things mm-hmm. mob yeah. mentality. And I'm I'm seeing it everywhere, and it it really grosses me out. All or nothing mentality. All I don't, or nothing. Yep. All or nothing. You know. Mm-hmm. I've had to bail on friends. I've I've lost friends over it because I'm like I can't. I, I can't. I can't with your all or nothing because that's not how the fucking world works. I've gotten in arguments where people just stop being friends with me because like, well, how can you see it that way? I'm like, because I don't see the world black and white like people. There's always other sides to shit. Like, yeah. There's nuances and there's fucking context, which, and that's the thing I think is missing a lot in this world. Well, and I, I bring this up. This is one of my favorite quotes and it's from the show, uh, old sci-fi show called Babylon five. Understanding is a three edged sword, your side, their side, and the truth. And that's the thing. It's about getting into that gray and realizing that there's nuance in everything and that maybe sometimes things aren't exactly 100% the way that it is. So, yeah, I mean, there's times I'll get in arguments with people and I'll be like, 
but I do, I see what you're saying, but can you see the point of view I'm coming across and no, I can't, I'm, okay, then you're willfully ignorant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mean just uh, at least try. That's the thing. I like try to see it from like, mm-hmm. I often like, so, and I was like, I tell people and younger people, like it was just being conversation and I'll say like, yeah, I read Atlas Shrugged in college. <laughs> Yep. And they'll be like, why? I'm like, I was interested in seeing how the other side thinks. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that just seems stupid. And I'm like, well, no, because one, I can, then I can see their point of view on things. Yep. And it allows me to empathize instead of seeing everything as like an enemy or somebody trying to just, you know, whatever. It's easy to fall into that black and white. Mm-hmm. And uh, to quote Norm <laughs> MacDonald on your sword quote, quote, there's only one edge to a sword, Paul. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I will, I will say, um, I hated Atlas Shrug. I read it as well. I thought it was a terrible yeah, book. It's not, a, it's not a good book, but I wanted it's not to a good book. But I wanted yeah. to understand, and I've always been like, and I'm always trying to question my point of view because it's easy to get caught up in your own asshole. Oh, we all go to our own echo chambers. We we? got called out for Aaron Lewis, rightfully so. We kind of got caught up in our own asshole about it. Uh, Completely. Completely agree with you. Um, 100%. Now, granted, I still hated that album. But we did. It was a bad album, Paul. Objectively, that was a bad album. Objectively, that was a bad album. But the way we went about our criticisms for it was not the right way. And I will will concede to that, that we did hit a little too hard on the political side of it versus the technical side of it. Although the technical side was nothing to write about either, Paul. Right. Right. I I would call it a wash instead of a. (laughs) Yeah. But. It's hard. It's hard not to get sucked up into it, especially when someone's bringing up those things. You're going, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Why Why are you doing that? But here with this song, there is, you're right, there's so much happening here. And it, it does. It, it goes to show, I mean, I, I we, it wasn't really talked about growing up in high school but there were gang members in in high school um and it was easy to see the loyalty that was there like like family uh with some of those people and you know it was that i can fuck with him but you can't fuck with him attitude you know and so I get where they're coming from and here kind of this, the toxic masculinity and him wanting to care for this person. Yeah. Again, this is one of the two top songs for me on this album. Hands down. Next we come to the perfect song. I know I've never said there's a perfect album, but Paul, this is a perfect song. This is a perfect song. This is a perfect fucking song. This is a perfect (laughs) party up in here. Uh, yeah, man, like it's so good. It opens great. The 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 subtleness, like I, if we, I, I, what's interesting to me is the 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 key change or the chord change. Um, nowadays, I think you would have just had that same on. Like it would just been up in here, up in here. We're gonna do that, ba ba ba, and would have just stayed tonally the same. But the fact that it's mixing up and just that subtleness to it, and I was listening to, it, I'm like, man. If this was made today, it'd be 
far more boring because they wouldn't have gone this extra mile with the production. I don't think. No, the production. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> and then the lines are just hilarious too. <laughs> have you seen the video? <laughs> the video is amazing. The video is amazing. <laughs> I actually watched it um, not too oh, long I ago. Love video. Yeah, I watched it when we were doing this. No, <laughs> all your man says, been to jail before, suck my dick. And all the other cats you run with can get it dumb quick. That <laughs> <laughs> you, you think you're Superman. I got the kryptonite. Should I smack him with my dick or the mic? <laughs> <laughs> there goes the gun click. 911 shit. All over some dumb shit. Ain't that Ain't some that shit? Some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, Paul, you remind me of a strip club because every time you come around, it's like, what? I got to get my dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, but I'm not him, all right, Slim? So watch what you do. <laughs> so it's funny. It's, it's got this weird aggression. It's perfect. I fucking, like, I heard it at the bars all the time, and I, I, I'm still not sick of this song, Paul. It's, no. no I always, <laughs> I'm like, I'll be at... I'll be like at friends' houses, and I'll go down the cities, and we'll, like, you know, we'll have drinks and, like, fuck around and shit, and then as soon as, as soon as you get see somebody step away from the like wherever is playing music, I'm throwing this on if I'm once I'm three shit sheets to the wind ball. It's party up and like people have stared at me and I'm like, Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and you know what's so funny is people don't listen like they just hear the kind of the part, you know, you're gonna make me lose my mind. And they think it's like that some kind of party. <laughs> It is a great chant, but then you get down to the lyrics of it. He's like, no, he's fucking shit up, man. <laughs> One, two, three, me outside. Me outside. <laughs> I bring down rain so heavy to hurts the head. No more talk and put him in the dirt instead. Grandma <laughs> wishing your soul's at rest, but it's hard to digest the size of the hole in your chest. <laughs> it's so good. It's so fucking good. He could, man, he could, he could write lyrics, man. It's he fucking... could write lyrics. Yeah. No, this is great. Holy Grandma shit. Wish... Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good. It's so. Can you imagine like being behind the production board and he's like, yeah, I got this song. And then that shit comes out. You're like, holy fuck. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Listen, your ass about to be missing. You know what's going to find you? Some old man fishing. <laughs> It's just perfect. It's just yeah. It's got the humor, the aggression. Uh, yeah, it's this song still on just about every mix I make for myself. <laughs> it's just, That's it's phenomenal. Just, you just got to throw it on there. Uh, it, it belongs. It belongs. It's just yeah. so fucking good. Fuck. Um, it's stellar as fuck. Oh, so yeah, perfect song. Per- yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll, <laughs> give, you, I'll give back you that. It up I'll give with that. another another fucking banger, Paul. <laughs> Make a move. Make a move. Get that money. Dude, I love the sample. I love the fucking sample. I love the beat in this one. It's just so fucking good. And he just goes for it. Two o'clock. I'm about to hit the street. Knock off this rock. I don't get to eat. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so good. Like You're just sweating at this point listening to the album. You're like, fuck. 
It's just yeah. not letting up. <laughs> no, it's it's not. It really is just banger after banger after banger. Is this like, what being on crack is like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, crack is really good. Good for you. You're, uh, just, you're just sweating. Everything's going crazy on you all at once. That's what this album is. It's Macho Man getting all crazy on you. <laughs> the purple top 35 smalls is ringing bells because I'm crushing with the black 40 double L's. Oh my God. We chop up rock by midnight. We go up shop. It's four in the morning. We're on the block creeping, (laughs) (laughs) killing the cash. Well, your ass is sleeping. Um, yeah, no, so good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crack and in song form. (laughs) I'm all right with that, Paul. I'm actually okay with that. I I, I am too. I'm not going to lie. I'll free base this album. Um, (laughs) but, then we get what these bitches want. Yeah, this kind of brings the album to a halt, doesn't it? It really. I, I like the sample because it, it reminds me of like a Wu Tang type song. Mm-hmm. It's got that like martial arts, like Shaw Brothers kind of sample, but it's just like, I don't know. Like the only I, I thing it's funny, you started naming off all his women. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a, but like, I don't know. I, it just didn't do much for me. No, here, here's the thing. It, this is the notes I have. It has that dated Cisco feel, which I don't like. I never was a Cisco fan. He had a certain way of production and it really brings it down. And I said, this is the first real weak song on the album. Uh, dude, I can name off a, a more women than he did in this album, <laughs> but it doesn't make it interesting. Um, it it's just it also this is where it hits my pet peeve, um, which is it's a lot of the same, and I I, I don't know, maybe maybe it's, it, it, it's dated, it's whatever, uh, it's filler, it's and it's it's weird. Uh, but I'll bring this up too in some of the other songs later too. Um, I it just yeah I, I well I'll bring it up now because I'll talk about it when the other ones come up. But the ones that he typically minus one where he has a featuring guest on it, it takes away from what makes these so good, which is fucking DMX being goddamn front and center. Yeah, and doing his DMX thing. So you bring in Cisco, and it kind of changes the vibe. You're like, yeah, no, 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 like no, no. A Cisco song featuring DMX, which yeah, should have not right. be based on a DMX album. Right, right. It's kind of like when Luda. But maybe he needed a break, Paul. Maybe maybe he needed a he needed a cocaine break or something. <laughs> he needed to go do a bump in the bathroom with Deborah maybe. Harry. I don't know. I'm not judging him. <laughs> I'm not judging either. But it it, it does. It's kind of silly when I see these kind of guests come on. You get people like Luda. Where it's all about Luda, like everything. It's all like you could have an entire song going on about something else, and then Luda's gonna rap about Luda, and then you're gonna go back to the rest of it. Yeah, it just it feels like this. I mean, this is a Cisco song. Um, yeah. it straight up is. And I'm was never like you. Yeah, I was never a fan of Cisco. Like I, I wasn't. Yeah, I, I got the appeal when Cisco because this runs late '90s when Cisco was blowing up with. Uh, forget that album it was huge like i knew a lot of people who liked it i just he just never did anything for me no 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 he 
Again, I get it because it was that. Didn't he do the thong song? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, <sighs> and that's again, that's what it was. Yeah, and so, yeah, you got the, the bitches be bitches where the fuck this is. Yeah, and what, let's just move along. Yeah. I, I know the yeah. thong song came in the equation. I'm upset. No, that's fair enough. Now you got, what's my name? Great. Now we're back to it. Yeah, we're back. You think this is a game? You think this <laughs> right? is a game? Dude, so good. Yeah, so I I, I wrote this was a high energy song. So I think this is like when DMX came out of the bathroom after a bump. Like, <laughs> all right, let's get this back on track. Yep, absolutely. Let's just consider I, what these bitches want is his cocaine break. Yeah, okay, <laughs> like he's well, to go do yeah. a couple lines and then he's back in the zone. <laughs> One more time, I spit at you some shit that's going to get you and be fucking with your mind. Stop talking shit because you're running out there with your mouth and really don't know what you're fucking with. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a lot of people will be pissing him off that are his friends. Here we go, <laughs> you stupid fucker. Seems to be a theme with the DMX. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, stuck. He's, he's tired of these folks, Paul. Done with yeah. it. Yeah. Done with it. <laughs> he is. He is. He is. Um, it's great though. It, yeah, this is right back to it. Um more to a song. It it slows it down. Um I like this song. Though. I do too. Uh, the flow is really good. Uh, again, he the way he utilizes his voice on this one. Um yeah. it's really good. And it's again, also <laughs> so when I was listening to this, it reminded me like a few years ago and I looked it up because like there was like a thing where a rapper got mugged and like outside some store for his jewelry. And I used to like, he stepped in and he's like, why like Los Angeles rappers never wore jewelry because like people like, like real, you know, tough street people like DMX would fucking rob them. Oh Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, this then made me think of that. <laughs> you know, like, talking about jewels, how much you, you bust tools, you know, like, how much the fuck your watch costs. And, like, later on, he's talking about, like, he's wiping the blood off the watch because, just, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, you guys are, like, you're kind of posing. And I think, it, you know, this is kind of circuits, you know, it, it, what goes around comes around. It's like cycles and. You have the flashy rappers who are just showing off how much money they are. Then you have, like, you know, the DMXs and the ISTs. Like, people know how much money we have. We don't need to be showing it off because we don't right. want to get robbed. No, no, absolutely. Another rapper that used to bitch about this, too, was Busta. Busta used to fucking call people out for their shit all the time. <laughs> like, wear your tracksuit and shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, it's just like, if you flash it, you must not want it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And that's kind of it. I mean, you dumb fuck. Um, next, we get what I what I consider my favorite song on the album, uh, which is Don't You Ever. Don't you ever fuck around. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's this is. Yeah, this is in an album full of great songs that. Yeah, this one's up there for me, too. It, I love it because it, to me, it's the left turn of the album. And it kind of goes a different different way, 
And I just, for whatever reason, if it's the, the tempo, the speed, the way he does it, it's really, really good. Uh, sh- uh, like, I should have did your peoples before they could conceive you. <laughs> Buck 50 sound for a quick ass cut. I'll have a flashback of fucking blow your bitch ass up. It ain't no problem. And a death wish, leaving breathless, hits his wife with a dead fish. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so great. Yeah, he, has so a, he, has, he brings up blowing people up with bombs a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, DMX is not talking about, around. Like, talking about the bits and pieces. <laughs> yeah, he fuck. does not fuck around. No. Don't you ever fuck around with DMX. Bro. No, no, no. no this no. is this album's also a cautionary tale for people. You don't fuck around with them. No, fuck no. Fuck no, 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 he'll blow, he's a professional, blow your ass up. Yeah, <laughs> he'll steal your watch, kill you, and then wipe the blood off the next day. I, I shit on people like a toilet, because it takes, because <laughs> all it takes is a second. We're the hit hectic, so call it how much you want it, punk ass bitch talking junk bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Fuck around. You'll be found in a trunk, bitch. Oh my god. It's fun. It's genius. Oh my god, it is. It's fucking genius. I got more skills to show my flow kills. I fucking blow grills. <laughs> you got some cold shit. Have you like, oh shit, don't laugh, money, because when I'm done with you, I'm getting your shit. Oh my god. <laughs> so great yeah i love this song this is my yeah this is my favorite on the album now we get to the skit that i didn't feel worked um and again it because again a skit should um sounds like you're of, fucking around with dmx now paul i am fucking around with <laughs> yeah, dmx just because he's dead doesn't mean he can't <laughs> fuck your shit up i'm gonna be haunted by that motherfucker tonight um but it, it, slap your slap you in the face with his dick. <laughs> I think this would have been better going in between what's my name and more to a song kind of break it up because you kind of had some of those heavier ones and you had the two slow songs. Now you're getting into a skit. It just, it was a sequencing thing, um, which this goes in the, Robin and killing a guy. Yeah, that's true. And then you get DXL, which I, again, it's got you, the features, but again, I like the the seventies samples on it. I, yes, it does, but like musically, you know, it's it's I like it, but again, it's when you got the other rappers on it, it it just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Like he's really good solo. He does not need features on his. He didn't need. I'm sorry, he didn't need features on his albums. Hmm. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. It it slows it again. There's one in here that I like, and it's coming up. Um, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're on the same one. Yeah, Richard. I think we're on the same one too. Um, next, we get coming for y'all. This one, I mean, both these two songs felt like filler. I didn't really it's care for coming for, for you. Me. Yeah, it, and the weird thing of this is like the chorus thing. It sounded like an Eminem song. Yeah, you know, yeah. it had like that that Eminem cadence and like delivery. So that that threw me off. Yeah, and the other the other thing I didn't like about it was, it, 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 I mean, he, he's been going hard these last couple, this whole album, really. But this one, the way he was coming out with the vocals, it felt half-hearted. Like, I don't know if he didn't really like the song, or if there was a bad day going on, 
or something, but the way he was presenting and rapping and, and, and going about it, it feels muted and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, maybe it just didn't come together the way they wanted it to. That happens. It just does happen. And it just unfortunately comes off as filler. Yeah. Uh, we come up now to prayer three, a spoken word about dealing with like, you know, his faith and his life. Again, I don't like spoken word shit, so. I, all right. This here, this right here, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be DMX, if you want to be someone that can really grab attention, listen to the cadence. Listen to how DMX presents himself here, because this is a master class in speech engagement. It's not exciting. It's very boring. It doesn't do anything. But when you listen to the way he does it with the conviction, with the way he holds words, the way he says things, it is methodical and it comes off slick. It is genius, Joe. Yep. Yep. So <clears throat> you want a, a master class on public speaking? Listen to prayer three. Yes. 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 That's all it's good for. All it's good for. All right. Next, we get Angel. This is the like, one that works. I like that. I like this, this. Yeah. This should be the last song. This should oh, have I like been the, the last song. So, mm. but this should have been the last song. The last song I think should have gone somewhere else. Right. But the last song is technically a bonus track. So, okay. Fair enough. So, but this yeah. one was good. Cause it's got that seventies vibe. Like Argina Bell. Who's awesome. Yeah. And it, God, it's so fucking good, Paul. So mm-hmm. fucking good. Hmm. It is so fucking good. But I will admit, Regina Bell's been around for a long time. And she is great. Um, And, you know, if you don't know who she is, she's been around since the fucking 70s. I mean, the fact that she's doing a DMX album is crazy. Um, She is just, yeah, I mean, you gotta... She does it right. And again, it doesn't, she doesn't take away. And I wonder if this is the thing you had the other men, essentially male vocals trying to compete with what they know is a fucking strong male vocal, right? It's hard. I mean, you're going up with DMX. It doesn't work, but with a female, um, or feminine, um, featuring, it harmonizes, it enhances, it brings it out and it brings out his harshness and it brings out her softness and it creates this wonderful flow and tone. And she's also been making music for years at this mm-hmm. point. I think she probably has more intuitive on how to make a song work as opposed to fucking Cisco. Yeah. You know well, I mean? and again, Cisco is there for the, the poon. I'm just going to call it for what it, I mean, that's all he is. That's all he had. That's he's he got he got big singing songs about vagina. He is gonna bring everyone else around that fucking boat, and that's his fucking gravy train. And Cisco's no longer around. <laughs> so where we're still talking about DMX. Yep. When was the last time anyone brought up Cisco in a fucking conversation? I tell you when us a couple songs ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably the first time in years, Paul. <laughs> years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this song is just is beautiful too. I just I love it. I love her vocal delivery and the play between her and DMX is just so fucking good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. It is great. Now, this is where you and I are going to differ, my friend. I did not like this last song, and I wonder if it was the sequencing thing. I think it was because, like, I listened to this on its own because it did throw me off when I first heard it, and I so mm-hmm. I just played like I stepped away from the album, and went back, and I really liked it. It's a banger of a song. Uh, it's fun. It's you know. It's fun and more light than the rest of the album. I think that's why it's a bonus track. Cause it, I don't know where you would actually, this is tacked on the end of this. Like, I don't know where it would organically fit anywhere, but I like it. I like it a lot. You know, maybe, um, maybe that's what it is because when I listened to it the first time I was, then it flowed to the next album. I was like, wait a minute, what? No, <laughs> no, that's not how you end an album. So I think that's my problem. I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first time that a good songs ended an album in the wrong way that I've been upset with. Yeah. So that's Technically, my bias. Technically, this doesn't end the album because it's a bonus track. Ooh, sure, but it's there and it's at the end. So I'm calling it for what it is, for the way I heard it. But yes, well, it's I not think DMX's fault. That's how you heard it. No, well, that's I, I'm not blaming DMX, motherfucker. It sounds like, it's like you're fucking around with DMX, man. We heard what he does. <laughs> I've seen how this movie ends. It's gonna hit my wife with a dead fish. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Well, you know uh-huh. that's a. I believe that's a reference to The Godfather. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Shit, my house is gonna blow up, motherfucker. <laughs> Goes the to he sleeps with the fishes, Paul. <laughs> what about Sunny? <laughs> yeah. But no, I like this. It's fun. I like the dime. I like her vocal delivery. It's just a fun club song. I have nothing against it. And again, I'm such a sucker for women pop. Oh yeah, bucks and stuff. So like this was just right up my alley. It, like again, I had to step away because I too thought it was strange that this is how the album's gonna end. But I stepped away and went back, and I enjoyed it a lot more when I just listened to it on its own. That's fair. That's fair. And I, and I think, you know, I'll give you that. I, I will concede on that one, and I will say it, you know, I will give it another go. I think it's just the placement of it. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it would organically fit anywhere. Like, this could have just been a single. Yeah, probably could have been an EP. Yeah. This could have just been a single. Paul, sometimes you just need a single. You don't need to be boring people with filler on an EP <laughs> if you only have the one song. <laughs> like, the fuck is wrong with you, Paul? I'm, I'm assy today. I don't know. Fucking, it's all the sushi. It's all the strip club sushi I ate before we fucking oh. started recording this, buddy. <laughs> and the cupcakes. Objectively, I was eating cupcakes. Uh- <laughs> I hope so. It's objectively. Joe objectively eating cupcakes and then I think I'd have to cancel you. <laughs> so what was the aftermath? What, what, what did people think of this album, Joe? Oh, dude, this was a <laughs> debuted at number one on the billboard 200, Paul. <laughs> 698,000 copies in the first week. Uh, it says this was his third number one U.S. debut. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. As of October 2009, it sold 4,950,000 copies in the United States. It did well, Paul. It was Jesus Christ. It was well received. Yeah. It's five time platinum at this point. Yeah. That, yeah. It's I, rightfully well, so. People liked it, Paul. <laughs> it was. That, it, it, it's, it, it's fucking great. 
yeah, it's a fucking great album. So yeah, it was well received, Paul. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know if you're expecting me to throw you a curveball and they're like, yeah, people hated this. Except for I the could, five I million could, people who bought. <laughs> <laughs> I could see some critics being like, "What the fuck is this?" Back in 1999, but yeah. I mean, I, even then, like critics were so, uh, especially in the 90s, uh, they just didn't get hip hop. No, no, they didn't, and. God, DMX sure gave it to him, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking right, he did. <laughs> oh, you so, fucked around with him, Paul. So, the, <laughs> so, Joe, would you recommend this album? Oh, absolutely. This is a fucking great album. It's like, fuck. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. <laughs> That's This one's a no-brainer. Like, and I think we needed a no-brainer one. We've been pretty divisive and yeah. throwing curveballs the last few times. So I think we needed a good, steady album that you and I, I assumed we were going to be on the same page with. Oh, yeah. No, so, and we were. We definitely yeah, we were. We were on the same page. We didn't like the songs we didn't like. We were agreeing on it. So except for one. But we, that could have just been a sequencing order. And, and, I, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to concede there and say it was a sequencing thing. Because, Good. again, I am susceptible to that. Absolutely, I am. So, Paul. Paul. Yes. Would, would you recommend this album? <laughs> would I recommend this album? <laughs> <laughs> it's no porridge radio. No, of course I'm going to recommend this fucking album. It's a goddamn Dude. banger through and through. <laughs> if you like not recommended films. this, but recommended porridge radio, I don't think I could ever talk to you again. <laughs> that has just yeah. been the end of the podcast. Like, I would have just hung up this <laughs> Skype meeting and just... <laughs> I mean... I, I, outside of the skits, there's objectively two filler tracks. Yeah. Other than that. Those are the features, too. Yeah, and those are the features. Other than that, it's banger after fucking banger. I mean, yeah, this, this is like has, the sports of hip-hop. You know, it, like, when we released the sports, DMX did. With, yeah. And then it, there was it, X. And did DMX have any right being this good? Probably not. But he <laughs> did. Probably not. <laughs> Probably but he not. was. But he was. God damn it. Huey didn't deserve to be that good, but he fucking did it. So yeah. you know what? We run with it. Yeah, when it sometimes, happens. <laughs> sometimes when you're an artist, you just take the bull by the horns and fucking go for it. And <laughs> just fucking slap it with a dead fish. Fucking <laughs> shit up. <laughs> give it the game bitches um yeah no it's it's so fucking good um yeah we did we we needed this uh really badly i think because um uh, well let's get to plugs joe do you have plugs uh (laughs) brown and i just for the joedown.blog uh we reviewed hudson hawk that was that was a fun movie (laughs) <laughs> is that what you call it <laughs> it was confusing it was like six different movies happening at the same time but uh, my parents i remember my parents renting it and turning it off halfway through and being like well that was a waste of fucking of a night like they fucking hated it yeah, it was the only movie i remember my dad saying he hated and he was really worked up about it now, but. I- i'm i'm gonna bring up a little bit of a nerdum to you here did you know that the nes had a Hudson Hawk video game. Yes, I did. I watched the angry video game nerd on it. I think, <laughs> that was it. I think he did one. I just watched he some did. game on do a video on that game because I was confused as to why there was a 
it doesn't make any sense. I rented that game and that game made no sense. But yeah, no, no, no. The AVGN definitely did a did a thing on it. I remember renting it as a kid and it was uh, it was absolute garbage. Um, why, who decided that, how that marketing deal came about, I, I don't, because I don't even know who the movie Hudson Hawk was for, let alone the fucking video <laughs> game. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but again, it was fucking, once I'm in on the weirdness, I am just embraced it, so whatever. But yeah, it's, and then after that, our next one's going to be Pretty Woman. Nice. <laughs> I wonder how that aged, by the way. I'm curious. Uh, uh I, I I I watched half of it the other day. I, it's still entertaining for what it was. Uh, yeah, there's some things that haven't aged well. There is something I want to talk to you offline. I know you don't take requests at the Joe Down, but there's a movie I want to run by you just to see if it's something you're interested in. Um, <clears throat> Cause it just came literally came across my radar last night that I did not know existed and I'm trying to get my hands on it myself. So, um, okay. um, but Joe <clears throat> next week, <laughs> I know what this is because you do know what this is. So we brought it up last time, but we did uh, there next was a request and it almost broke my vow to not take requests. Joe, not only that, now, not only do we have one request, we have three requests from three different listeners. We had. we had another one in the past week. Well, no, we had the one. Now we're up to three. We're up to three requests. So my Plus, next. We only had two, Paul. What's I, this third? God. I, I, I know, buddy. So mm. we are. My next three ones are going to be requests. So just keep that in mind. But we're going to start with the first request, which is R. Kelly Trap in a Closet, part one. <laughs> Fucking right it is. Fucking right it is. I thought the about most... doing all three parts, but I realized, Joe, we probably would have like a two and a half hour long podcast. Yeah, the that. album just. As part whatever, part mm -hmm. one through ten, I believe. And it's it, one of the most batshit insane movies I've seen in my life. I need to watch this movie. I yeah, have it set up. Because it I really, have... Paul, it really adds. It really adds to one of the characters shit in his pants. <laughs> dude, dude, I, I will say, I, I have it set aside for this weekend. Uh, one of these nights, I'm going to watch the, the, the movie. But <clears throat> that is the... That is the that that is request number one. Um, I will I will let you know the artists of the next two as well, just so you can prepare. We have a band called Cave Town and Imagine Dragons, <laughs> which I never thought we were going to do an Imagine Dragons on this fucking podcast, but we're doing it. Well, I'm going to kill myself, huh? <laughs> I'm giving it to you so you had time to prepare, sir. Well, we got... Imagine Dragons is... You know, I still got some picks in between, so... Hey, Joe, do you, uh, do, did you like Imagine Dragons? No. No, I Ima don't. Imagine dragging these nuts across your face. <laughs> some updog shit right there, Paul. <laughs> Uh, what's up, Doc? 
I don't know what's up. <laughs> Whoa, cool beans, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So, y'all, dude, this was great. I'm fucking so glad you did this. I probably would have also enjoyed fucking return to the 36 chambers as well. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, we're gonna get to some old dirty bastard again. Oh, yeah. We, we always need a little old dirty bastard in our lives. You know. I remember, and I and I've looked him up over the years, and he never went anywhere. But he had a protege for a while. I don't know if you remember Shorty Shitstain. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember Shorty. <laughs> Shorty Shitstain. Uh, too bad Shorty never really went anywhere. Because God, I would love to do a, a Shorty Shitstain album. <laughs> Paul, let's just admit it. It was a miracle that old dirty bastard went anywhere. <laughs> like. <laughs> Objectively, he should have <laughs> never made anything, but ah, God, God if it wasn't for the RZA, I okay, we're gonna get into it a little bit. I think when we get in the ODB, but I remember watching the Howard Stern like after the Grammys when the whole thing went down with him being big baby Jesus and all that, and Howard like being like, you know, dude, what's going on, and old dirty bastard being like. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, people, my, I got home. Like, I woke up. My phone was blowing up because apparently I did something at the Grammys. I don't remember doing. And Howard's like, no. Like, Howard really thought he was just making it up to save face. And Howard played it back for him. And when you look at ODB's face, I think it all came apparent in the room that he really was so fucked up. That yeah, he that was just like him on autopilot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> old dirty bastard would do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was kind of his thing, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it sure was, Joe. As was as as we began this album, uh, this review, we're going to end it with, as was his wants. <laughs> Because that's what it was. ODB's want. Um, Joe, in between that, do we got anything else we need to discuss before we close her down for the night, buddy? Oh, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. I Joe, mean, we got we to gotta prepare for her trapped in the closet because all this review was on the rails because we've been off the rails <laughs> the last like three reviews since Hulk Hogan. Since Hulk Hogan. And this one, we're, we're actually discussing things that, that we enjoyed without fucking going crazy uh and next week we're going right off the rails i'm just guaranteeing it because i've seen the music i've seen the movie and i've listened to the album there's no fucking way we don't go off the rails on this it's just it's baked into the <laughs> dna of that album so uh, it's just oh, oh. Oh, Joe, it's going to be a blast, buddy. Yes. Um, I'm going to be texting you during the movie going, oh, what dude. the fuck? It's going to change your life. <laughs> I heard. I heard. Now, uh, well, we'll get into it next week because uh, we have. I think we'll just leave all the off the rail shit for next week. Yeah. Um, and all right. before people get mad at us, we're well aware that R. Kelly's a monster. <laughs> uh, that was part of why I will say right here. 
Um, that was part of why the person wanted us to review it because they heard us go into the monsterism that was Hulk Hogan and found it fascinating and hilarious. And they would like to see us dig into the monsterism that is our Kelly and kind of just the shit show that he was. So strap in that those documentaries then to dig through Paul. We got a lot of research. We got a lot of research to do, sir. So, Joe, do you want to take us out? No. Did we love you? Did we hate you? Do you even care? Yes, you did. We're the best damn review team out there. How did we rate your album?